The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is not virtual in my reality, Josh Barboni. How are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm good. I'm uh, That's a lie. I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> It's well, a drastic I... uh, step down each time. <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm just getting over being sick, and I had a real rough day yesterday. And now they canceled school tomorrow because of extreme cold, so now I don't get to take my morning nap before work. I'll be up bright and early tomorrow. Wait, because they can't... I don't understand. So I have to work... Uh, we. Uh, like the kids don't go to school, so all all the custodians go in at crack crack in the morning. Oh, the butt crack of dawn. So since it's too cold for the kids to go, it's important that you all go in the very very cold. <laughs> well, it's canceled because of the the bus kids is really why they canceled school. Okay, it's too cold for them to be Wait standing outside. outside waiting for the buses, and and COVID was, COVID rules in Massachusetts require all windows and buses to be open. Oh, so they didn't want to uh, mix that up with negative fifteen degree wind chills tomorrow. So that's what. So which is normal is for you guys, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's cold, but it's not you know unheard of by any. Yeah, here we can handle snow. Um, it just doesn't. It has gotten colder here, but it doesn't very often get as cold uh, as it's going to be tomorrow. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, fun. <laughs> you know, that's one way you could describe it. I don't know if I would describe it as fun. It is definitely, yeah, it is supposed to be pretty cold here tomorrow as well. Uh, yeah. And it definitely has been, you know, colder over the last few weeks here. But, I mean, as someone who, in quote unquote, enjoys winter, yeah, I only jo- enjoy it to an extent. There is a point where I'm like, okay, you don't have to get quite this cold. Like, I'm right. some chilly, chilliness. Uh, but, you know, when we... Hit negative double digits, especially if there's a two in front of it that, and it's a double digit. Yeah. You get a little crabby at that point. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, I know I'm supposed to like this, but seriously, let's go weather people. Come on. Could, yeah. I mean, I could complain about our school system forever, which I shouldn't, but uh, we have a lot of over 100 year old buildings and you can imagine that what the heating looks like in those buildings, which oh, has yeah. not been renovated. So there's lots of things going against the kids in this situation. So. Oh, absolutely. The good news is I get to be home and have dinner with my family tomorrow night. So that'll be fun. That'll be exciting. That'll be awesome. So, yeah. uh, you know, Josh, the, this intro is originally slated because I was going to have us talk a little bit about virtual reality. Mm. Uh, but then I changed it at the last minute because I just wanted to talk about it. Uh, so I, ch- <laughs> I changed our pregame topic to sure. the Fantasy Critic League. Uh, so PSVG uh, last year did a Fantasy Critic League that mm-hmm. Josh participated in. Uh, I did not participate last year. But this year I decided to 
you know, step up to the plate that I had, you know, do so well in Metafall. I figured might as well try, you know, and see how Fantasy <laughs> yeah. Critic League is going to go. Yeah. Uh, so the Fantasy Critic League draft was last night from when we were recording this. We It was actually on Sunday night. We typically record on Sunday nights, but we had to push to Monday this week. And Josh and I weren't able to still draft last night. So we both had our teams auto-drafted or our games auto-drafted. And we each have five games right now. We have 17 teams in this league, which is which is crazy. <laughs> a lot. If you think about trying to draft five games from seven with 17 teams um, and five games that you're confident are knowing you know are coming out this year, yeah, you get to the bottom of the barrel pretty quick. Um, but Josh, <laughs> overall, uh, do you feel comfortable? Do you want to take us through kind of what your lineup of games is just briefly and kind of how you're feeling overall about it? Sure, 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 sure. Uh, last year I came in fourth place, which, um, which great. I, I feel that's fine. I, it wasn't how I wanted to do, but um, yeah, so <laughs> my first two picks I'm happy with. Um, so I got uh, Tunic and Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. And then I think, I don't know what I did, but I must have messed with my wish list and not paid too much attention. Because the next three games, well, at least I knew I won one of these. Um, <laughs> I got Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown, which yeah. I will admit does look interesting. I just don't see it scoring high. Right. <laughs> um, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which is a big old question mark of a game. It is. We don't know if it's coming out this year. We don't even know what it's going to be like. But it sounds promising. Um, and Goodbye Volcano High, which is a game for all the weebs out there, as I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> which I think will score pretty good because uh, a couple of people were kind of going back and forth over it last year. So we'll see. I might hold on to Test Drive uh, and see how that shapes up. Um, and then my counter pick, uh, for people who don't know, is a game you want to score poorly, uh, is Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time Remake. So I think if anyone has seen... Anything out of, from that game uh, at any presentation, you can tell how terrible that game looks. That game, uh, yeah, it definitely doesn't look like it is going to be a successful. Do you do you think that's even going to come out this year? Do you think it's going to come out like in spring of twenty three? Uh, it could be another Skull and Bones. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Unless they like many, really fix it. Yeah, how many Skull and Bones can? ubisoft have though i mean i guess they have a whole bunch they're you know huge so i guess maybe they can have a lot but seems like if they have the time and the resources to keep delaying games then yeah they'll, they'll keep doing it until the game is how they want it that's true that's but i true. can't see them shipping that game the way we saw it yeah oh, <laughs> yeah i agree there i agree there 100 uh so overall you're feeling pretty okay about your list I feel good about two games on my list. <laughs> well, hey, you know, that's that's not too bad. Yeah, I got to make up some headway in the other games. You have a game that I don't even know should count as a game. Okay, well, okay, well I'll go through my games yeah. and then you tell me which one you don't think should count. You'll know when you read it. <laughs> uh, one of mine is a, uh, I should say, was it, I swore I had taken this game off of my list for one of them. Uh, but, you know, that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Um, so mine, uh, the games I got were Sifu. Mm-hmm. Sea of Stars. Two good ones Last right of us, off the bat. <laughs> Last of Us Factions 2. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy 16. 
which I uh-huh. swore I had taken off my list. <laughs> and someone counterpicked it. So you're stuck. Yes. You can't drop well, it. Well, actually, Garrett messaged me. He's like, hey, is Final Fantasy 16 on your list? I was like, no. And he's like, well, you picked it. I was like, I don't think it was on my list. Or I'm like, well, it clearly was on my list. Right. Or, or the other thing that could happen that I don't know about is if every game I had suggest, like I had on my oh, list, yeah. got through, then this might have. But I like, I swore I took it off. Um, so that's the one thing is that I had 60 games on my list. Um, I know, right? I actually spent a lot of time on it. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I really thought I took that off. And he's like, well, if everything else on your list got picked, and I'm like, oh, that's a good point, which I guess I hadn't considered, but I thought 60 would be enough. Um, so yeah, so they, they're being very nice. And they, as long as I do it this week, they will let me change it. Whoa. If I choose to. But good I have to pick you. from what, <laughs> Right, but I have to pick also from what's left. Yeah. So we'll see. But anyway, and then Grand Blue Fantasy Relink um, are my five. Which yeah. one are you not a fan of, Josh? I didn't say I'm not a fan of. I just don't know that it counts as a game, a full game. What do you think I'm talking about? <laughs> I think you're talking about Last of Us Factions. Yeah, too. <laughs> of course I what am. I, yeah, what I'm going to be really interested in is if that releases as some sort of package with like right. the much rumored remasters of like The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2 that are coming. Like if that all comes as a package, like how does that parse, right? That they would have to score it individually within the package. Yeah, and I I don't know that that's going to happen. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I am pretty happy though with my other with three of my picks. I'm pretty happy with Sifu. I'm happy with Sea of Stars. I'm actually happy with Grand Blue Fantasy Relink because I think that they can all be good scoring games. Now for Sea of Stars, what I'm worried is it's holiday 2022. Right. So we'll have to wait and see if that actually happens. But it's, you know, from the people who did The Messenger, which was a great game, much loved. All the press for Sifu has been very positive. Grand yeah. Blue Fantasy Relink has, you know, the Grand Blue Fantasy games tend to only be reviewed by um, folks who do RPG coverage. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and sites that do RPG coverage and overall the Grand Blue Fantasy games score pretty well. Um, so I think there's a lot of positive possibilities within my list. The Last of Us Factions 2, for me, I was like, well, let's roll the dice and see what happens there. Yeah. But like I said, Final Fantasy 16, I really didn't think I had on my list. So well, you better get you better get it off. Yeah. I after I done editing the podcast and I'm gonna see what's yeah. still available and make a decision. Because, you know, I could I could try and just go say go for it and see if by chance this game come ends up coming out this year, which I know there's basically zero chance of that happening. Yeah. I had Sea yeah. of Stars on my list too. I ba- I backed Sea of Stars. I'm ex- oh, actually very excited to play it. Awesome! Yeah, it I'm, looks I'm really looking good. forward to it. So, uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm really happy. Oh, and my counter pick was Chocobo GP, which <laughs> was also automatically picked for me. But I am totally. I think I feel good about that it's one. It's a good like counter pick. I, I think that's a good counter pick um, because I, I'm pretty positive it's going to come out. But I'm pretty positive, or I'm pretty confident, I should say, it's not going to be super great. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's supposed to come out like in March. I think it's right around the corner that that game's supposed to come you out. You should so. you should drop Final Fantasy and pick up uh, Sonic Frontiers. Didn't somebody say already that? Is it not coming that? out? Oh, did someone get I, it? I think so potentially. So yeah, I'm gonna look after we're done and and see what's available. But yeah. Anyway, uh, so Josh, where are your you know on how confident are you? You know, 17 teams. Yeah. I I think that you know when I look at the everyone else's lists i don't know that there's anyone's list that i like feel fully like woohoo about like i don't think there's anyone that clearly has a runaway list do you disagree with that i think um i don't know about runaway list but i think having two really strong 
games to start with um, is really good. And, you know, I didn't know that you could pick Destiny 2 expansions. Well, and I would like to have, I mean. Because they were pretty picky about what they were going to allow, and I thought that that was for sure. Someone was also able to pick uh, Call of Duty 2022, which I thought Garrett was like, we're not doing these things again. Um, but Sean Capri has Horizon Forbidden West, Destiny 2 Expansion, and the TMNT Shredder's Revenge game. I think that's a very strong three games. That is a good three games. That is a good three games. It is a little weird that, yeah, Destiny 2 The Witch Queen is on its own out there. Um, Hollow Knight Silk Song is on its own out there. And uh, like, so it is weird. weird like, Days has Ragnarok. Hollow Knight, Silk Song, Suicide Squad, the new Forza, and Crusader Kings Three expansion. I was to say again because Crusade, and that's where <laughs> I get because we were said we were told we can't do remasters. Yeah, because we can look back and see how the game was. So that does seem like it. I, I recognize that DLC is not the same. It, it's new content that is judged and might not be good. Yeah, but I guess theoretically, you know, if you're yeah. I don't want to pick it apart. It is. It's going to be. It is what it is. Yeah. And also, I think part of it is the nature of having 17 teams. You can't get. Yes. You know, Um, I did think it was funny, though, that um, (laughs) Garrett, who set it up, was like, you can't do remasters. But man, did he snake Resident Evil 4 remake, the rumored remake. (laughs) Remakes are fine, apparently. I saw that, too. I was like, what the heck? Uh, but it was funny because he had uh, Atelier Sophie 2 on his list, and that was actually on my list, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know that many people are going to um, have this one on there, but he, he totally did. And I was like, oh, man, goodness gracious. So, yeah, it'll <laughs> be fun. It'll be fun to check things out as time goes on. Uh, like I said, I, I am overall happy with things. I got to figure out what I'm going to do about Final Fantasy 16. But otherwise, overall, I'm very happy um, about the games that I got for the most part. And, yeah, you know, I think the I think the factions thing could be interesting it might cause me some headaches down the road uh but i do think you know kind of like we talked about with like destiny 2 the witch queen and like hollow knight silk song like it, when you're getting into that many games you have to start thinking about okay wh- what else might get a score you know yeah. on its own yep. um and i do think with this many you know the fact that we get to pick up five additional games as the year goes on I think it's. I think bidding for these games is going to get pretty brutal pretty quickly. You gotta be sneaky. Yeah, like I think it's going to be real, real tough. That you know, once a game gets some sort of a, a release date, we're all going to be very thirsty um, to get things added to our list. Because you know, are you super confident that you could that all of us are going to fill out ten more, you know, five more games? Uh, yeah, everyone's going to want the same games. Like once E three yeah. rolls around or whatever, it's going to happen with that. Um, I'm like really tempted just to scoop up Mario Kart unannounced like right now and just hold on to it like I did last year. I held on to Mario Kart 9 for like six months last year. Oh, really? Just assuming it was going to get announced at E3. And I was like, oh, should I do it again? <laughs> well, now that you've given me your secret. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I don't know that I'm going to do it, but if you, if that might not be a bad choice for you. That might not be a bad choice. We can't be but... that far away from Mario Kart 9. It has to be coming. Yeah. We'll see. Well, there's, there have been some rumors about it recently, so yeah. we'll see. Awesome. Well, feel free to follow our Fantasy Critic League. Um, I know we're, we're hoping to get some people to follow it. Um, it's fantasycritic.games. Um, and our, we're in the PSVG League. Um, I do believe you have to make an account in order to follow it, but please do you know consider doing that and and following to see the 
the ridiculousness that's going on because I don't know that there's many leagues that are 17 teams deep. <laughs> so, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know that anybody caught though because my um, the name of my publisher, Josh, is Unifer- Universal Publisher of Truth. You know what that's yeah. from? Yeah. No, I mean it sounds very familiar, but I couldn't place it. Um, it's if I just take it basically from Guardians of the Galaxy rather okay. than Universal Church of Truth. Yeah, I went with Universal what, Publisher. I kind of had a thought. Yeah. Yeah, kind so that's idea. what I took it from. But so yeah, so like I said, check us out the PSVG League on fantasycritic.games. Um, go ahead, follow us, see what things are going on there. It's gonna be a fun year uh, to mm. see how all this shakes out. So awesome. Well, with that we'll move on to getting to the regular typical show. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also board with VG. We're a proud part of play some video games and PSV. Oh my gosh, Josh, I went into the old. It's okay. Intro, just not even thinking about it. But hey, let's try that again. We're a proud part of the PSVG Podcast Network, and we'd like to encourage you to check out all the other shows on the PSVG Podcast Network, like the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, Dollar Cinema, and anything else you decide we decide to do on the podcast feed will be around for you to listen to very soon. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Networks. If you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, what have you been playing recently? Okay, well, this probably speaks to why I haven't watched James Bond still, because I finally found like some interest in playing games again recently. Probably too much interest. <clears throat> but I'm still playing Gunfire Reborn, which I'm still really enjoying. Uh, the more I play, the better I feel like I'm getting. I'm finding really cool new weapons, which is fun. Highly recommend it if you have Steam. Um, I'm playing Firewatch. Uh, I'll wait to talk about it next week. But I'll say this. I thought I played this game, and I did not play this game. Oh, good. Okay. So I played a a game that is similar, that is like a survival game. The Flame and the Flood? Is that Are you like a first person, oh. and oh, it's like no. foggy? No, that's not that. No. No, Flame and the Flood's like... The top down, right? Like on the yeah, water down thing. on a raft. Yeah. So there's some other game I thought was Firewatch, which wasn't. And now I don't know what game it was. But so this is so uh, that's what I'll say about this. Um, I got back into Shovel Knight. Uh, I've been kind of crawling back into bed early when I can. Um, I, yeah, you know, I was sick last night, so I uh, last week. So I spent some nights just like lying in bed and, you know, my Switch Pro's sitting there. I'm like, well, I should use this thing. What do I want to play? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know how much I love platformers. Let's start Shovel Knight again. <laughs> you do love platformers. I got so far in, in Shovel Knight the first time, but I wanted to start a new um, save. So I just started playing again um, and I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. It's challenging. Um, it fulfills my want to go back to Mega Man without having to go back to Mega Man, which is nice. Uh, so I'm playing that. Um, and then... And they just had a ski shop sale uh, that just started this week. So I picked up Clubhouse Games, which is something I've always been interested in getting after I've heard it had good reviews. And uh, I think it was like 30 bucks when I got it. And it has over 50 games and you can play locally. Um, and I played a bunch of games so far, getting from games from like um, Mancala to um, their version of Connect 4. I think it's like called Drop 4 or something. 
um, to some obscure games that I never heard of, but I like that. Um, they teach it to you. There's actual um, um, characters that are voiced that talk to you about how the games came about. It's pretty neat. I look forward to playing it two players or four players, depending on the game. So that's been fun. I picked up Burnout Paradise because it was like five bucks on the eShop sale. And I love Burnout. So I forgot this was like the open world Burnout. So it's been a bit since I've got back to like driving around trying to find like the Forza version of Burnout. Um, but that's been fun. It looks, it, it plays pretty well on the Switch. Uh, there's still some frame rate hiccups, which seems crazy, but it's there. Um, and then I picked up uh, War Tile, which is a game that um, uh, we had a listener um, ask me about, uh, Winter Gamer on Discord about if it was any good, because it's kind of like this board game inspired tactics style game. Um, and it was 15 bucks, I think, or 13 or 15. And it's not great. Um, as I wrote in Discord, it has one of the worst inventory systems I've ever used in a game ever. Oof, that's, uh, that's, um, that's rough. Yeah, it's not good. Um, but the combat itself is interesting. Um, it's a fine game, but I, I I I wouldn't say buy it at any price over ten dollars. Um, but I'll keep trying it, see if it grows on me. And then lastly, I kept thinking, Kyle, we talk about all these games that we play, and I'm like trying to think, like I kind of have the itch to go play God of War again. I have itch to continue playing Horizon, but I'm like, you know, we're like a month away from Forbidden West. I don't want to like over horizon myself i was like do right. i play ghost of tsushima what do i do i have all these games and i was like you know what there's this game i've been wanting to get into rpg again there's a game i've really wanted to revisit that i haven't revisited since i played it at launch and that game is lost odyssey which was microsoft game studios first uh, jrpg essentially it was on the 360 maybe not their first maybe blue dragon was the first ish but right around that same period of time, um, so I, I jumped right back into that. I jumped back into that, started over because I don't. My save obviously didn't save, um, and I'm loving it so far. It has a lot of charm to it. It has interesting cutscenes, almost like not cutscenes, but like cuts, like comic book almost style, with like slashes across the screen, separate parts of the story. It's very steampunky. Um, the main character, Kaim, uh, you're kind of trying to um, discover his secret in it. And I remember it uses a rings system. So when you attack, you hold in the right trigger and a ring like zooms in on your enemy and you let go of it to attack him. Um, and I remember that being pretty intuitive at the time. Uh, but it is uh, a turn-based RPG at its heart. It has music very similar to Final Fantasy which is not a complaint at all. I really like that. Um, it doesn't show its age. I think it looks pretty good. I don't know if it's uh, Series X boosted or not, but um, I'm enjoying uh, my time back and I'm going to keep on keeping on. I really enjoyed that game a lot, so we'll see how it holds up to a replay 15 years later or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, it was a really, I think it's a really well-loved game. People really like Lost Odyssey. Yeah. I, I do think... That would be it. Would be a cool um, series for Microsoft to continue. Yeah, like a rejuvenation or a remake or something. 
yeah i think it'd be very cool um i'm really surprised at that like how <laughs> out of all the games like that you got the lost odyssey that's just pretty interesting uh, out of that whole process that's where you landed i always think about lost odyssey um it's one of my favorite rpgs i've ever played mm-hmm. it's one of the first ones i've played by myself um that and final fantasy 10 were like the first rpgs i played without a friend like it used to be like i'd go to my buddy's house we'd play final fantasy i'd I would have the the pre prima game strategy guide, yeah, and we would just stay up all night going through and getting everything. Um, so then I, you know, ventured on my own, and and I, I, you know, I'm always thinking of it, and they gave it away for free like last year, um, randomly like at E3 or maybe it was two years ago. So I just snagged it, and it's just that and like Spec Ops: The Line are always on my mind. Those two games for some reason. Um, so yeah, I just figured. Why not just play that game? I keep wanting to play. <laughs> Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, might as well. Absolutely. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, okay, Josh, real real briefly uh, for Firewatch, the long dark. It could have been the long dark. I don't. I I, I felt the like forest? I was a firefighter. I felt like I was a firefighter. Uh okay. Anyway, that's fine. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna remember it. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Well, I, I find it interesting that you went back to Lost Odyssey. Yeah. Because for a lot, and this is going to be spoilers for upcoming, I've uh, been watching the season two of The Witcher on Netflix. Yeah. So I keep thinking, you know, I'm someone who, I don't want to say famously because I don't think anything we do is famous, but I am someone who was not a huge fan of The Witcher 3. Uh, I yeah. definitely did not like it as much as other people did. And I keep thinking, I'm like, maybe I just, gave that game short shrift like maybe i should try playing it again so i keep thinking about playing the witcher 3 again but then i you know like you think about okay um you know the i'm probably gonna be a sucker and the the uncharted whatever the legacy collection whatever they are calling it is coming yeah. up at the end of the month seafood's right after that horizon forbidden west is right after that like there's a lot of things that are coming so i'm like i don't think i can get into the witcher and you know finish that. that's a reasonable. long game right exactly so i'm like i'm not gonna really do that 500 hours to complete <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah dying light 2 is coming out too imagine that um so where are you? you're still totally out on dying light 2 right yeah 100 okay. percent out. <laughs> just, just making sure just making sure nothing had changed because i know you were not interested in i do appreciate though that they came well number one they clarified their context <laughs> When, when they said 500 hours, I, I was like, okay, that can't mean what people are saying it means. There's right, no way right. in the world it means People that. just freaked out for no reason. Yeah. And then when they came back and were like 20 hours for the main campaign, 80 hours for the main and side quest, and then 500 hours for everything, I was considering getting this game. But even at 80 hours, because I'm like the main and side quest person, like that's yeah. where I would fall. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I want to do 80 hours even. So. Yeah, well, like we're privileged to wait for reviews. Yeah, so that's what we should do. <laughs> and I, for this game, yeah, that's definitely. What if I'm it comes to. out with rave reviews, I'm, I might play it. I'm not saying no, but I'm not interested currently. Yeah, uh, but I did then kind of scroll through games that I have that I just need to finish, and I was like, what game have I? Do I need to go back to put some more time into? You know, what do I need to play? And I settled on Far Cry Six. Hmm. So I booted Far Cry 6 back up and, and started playing it a little bit. And I looked at it and I was at like four and a half or five hours on my save file. Um, I'm now at 16. Whoa, nice. So I put a lot more time into it. Uh, and I'm enjoying it much more than I was originally. So I don't know if it's just a mindset thing, right game, right time situation. But I'm definitely enjoying it more than I was. 
I will say that there are some <laughs> still very annoying things with this game. Uh, but overall, I'm just kind of enjoying running around the world and blowing things up and going and doing the next mission and blowing more things up and then going and doing the next mission. And I really have, for the most part, stopped caring about the story because I just don't think it's that great. Yeah. I do enjoy some of the characters. Like, I, I like, you know, uh, Danny Rojas, not from Ted Lasso. Also, I like Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso, but Danny Rojas in this game. Um, and, you know, some of the side characters are great. I... I I'm really not a huge fan of the villain. It just doesn't do anything <laughs> for me. But yeah, I'm I'm working my way through and I, I am planning to keep playing it. So I think that's a good thing. I, I do think this is a game that I'll probably just kind of keep grinding out until I get to potentially playing Uncharted 4 again. Um, with the exception that the one other game that is kind of calling my name, and I don't know why, but ever since it came out on PS Plus, it's just been there. And that's Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. Oh, I never yeah. played the game originally. Yeah. So it's there. I keep looking at it. I'm like, should I download it? And people, some people are like, it's the best thing ever. And others are like, eh, it really doesn't actually hold up all that great. And I, I don't know what to do, Josh. Do you have any insight on what I should, should I keep playing Far Cry 6 or should I download Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning? I remember playing Kingdoms of Amalur and liking it, but I think I only played a demo of it. Okay um and i it's probably a game i should have got when it came out i don't know what i was playing at the time <clears throat> i'm interested in that game too um i mean you just have to decide like do you want to play a game that's new to you or do you want to keep playing far cry like yeah you know far cry is still going to be around it you is. might try kingdoms of armalar and not like it and then you'll know that you can that's stop true. playing but that's um it's a good point i don't know i don't know i will say my uh overwatch crew is uh Really stoked to try Deep Rock Galactic. People keep talking about that too. Yeah, so I have that downloaded and ready to go. So I'm trying to decide if I'm just going to let that be my new thing, uh, and then just you know kind of keep plugging away at Far Cry Six. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's really all I've been playing. Um, it's been a busy week and um, had some. I was out of town for a few days and all that other good stuff. Um, other than continuing to work on this on my city. So I'll talk about that more in depth once we finish it. We're pretty close to it, but really other, that's the only other thing that I've really been playing. So. Nice. Um, the one th- one thing though is that um, my partner's birthday was at the end of December. Oh, and for her nice. birthday, I got her a Switch oh. and um, Animal Crossing and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, one of the two of them. I don't know. Um, she likes those, so I was like, I got that. So I might have to though. And then she's like, Well, do you have Animal Crossing? And I was like, Well, I don't. She's like, Well, how are you? How am I going to go visit your island? And how are you going to come visit mine? I was like, Okay, I didn't totally think this through. <laughs> Like, I probably should have thought that through a little better. Uh, so I might end up playing Animal Crossing soon. We'll have to wait and see. Well, let me know. I'll reinstall mine and we can be Animal Crossing friends. Awesome. Okay. So with that, then we'll move on to our topics of the show. Josh, what is your first topic this week? Hey, luckily, since we're kind of both tired anyways, I get two real quick ones I think we Excellent. can get through Let's pretty easily. It. All right. So a while ago, we talked about um, Corey Kaneska. Actually, we talked about him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And we knew he was doing his own studio um, called Unexpected Games, but we didn't really know what to expect from Unexpected Games. Now, did we? Uh, so now we know more. Um, this is through Dicebreaker, of course. Um, but Corey Kaneska, co-creator of Elder Chart, um, has unveiled not only the title, but some artwork and, and some concepts uh, for the latest game entitled Voices in My Head. 
It's one to eight players, which is a great player count. Um, and this board game uh, has players becoming different aspects of a person's personality as they stand trial and attempt to avoid conviction. Um, so uh, players take control of various elements of the defendant's brain um, in pushing the aspect of their hidden personality. The title is, as they say, perhaps not intentionally a reference to it, an intensive phrase that has been previously used to describe people with mental illness. Uh, the artwork is, you know, it reminds me of something. I can't put my finger on the type okay. of art, okay. like Mad Magazine-y style-ish, sure. but just character caricature-ish. Um, but the players in the game get to choose to take on the role of a prosecutor or as one of the defendant's personas. Uh, with the pers- uh, prosecutor being certain that the defendant is guilty and determined to prove it. Each round, the prosecutor draws a tile card that lays out the current narrative of the game, such as calling of witnesses uh, or the presentation of evidence. The prosecutor's aim each round is to sway the jury to their side or cause the defendant to trip up and confess to crimes they're standing trial for. Um, in the meantime, players, the players controlling the defendant's personas will decide which aspect of their brain they want to manage, from motor skills to speech. Each player controlling a persona then decides whether their aspect of the, the defendant's brain will be one of, sorry, will be the one to respond to the question presented by the prosecution, and if so, how they'll respond. With the players each holding a secret personality card affecting how they want the defendant to respond, players will need to collectively determine whether the defendant successfully wins the trial or if they end up making a fool of themselves. I think this sounds like an incredibly unique board game that we have never seen before. <laughs> what do you think? I agree. I, I do think it is a very uh, unique slash different take on a board game. That was one thing that uh, Corey Kaneska had said, was that you know he really wanted to focus on creating new and different games and experiences that we hadn't seen on the table before. Um, you know, with the initiative, the first game that they did or he did with his new studio and now with this one, it, it definitely seems like he is um, continuing that trend of exploring different spaces. And it is hard anytime you go to something, you know, that might deal with uh, mental health and mental well-being. Um, like how do you do that in a, uh, sensitive and understanding way and that, so i you know I, I recognize that some people have some concerns definitely with with what's going on here and, and um, yeah. how it is presented uh, but purely from a mechanism standpoint or from like goal standpoint i think it is a very interesting take on a board game and, and like you said something that we really haven't seen much out there um where is this something that you're wanting to get excited to get did you play the initiative the first game i don't at all from, I didn't, from you know, that's studio. also on the list of games I would like to try out. Um, one of those things that I know that me not going to pack some plug for two years mm-hmm. is I know that is a game I missed out on playing because <laughs> yeah. I definitely would have played it. Um, I think it's really interesting. I just like it's a fresh take. Um, I understand the want to be more sensitive to to situations especially mm-hmm. dealing with like maybe like schizophrenia and things like that. But I also think that there a game like this can exist in its own area without being insensitive to 
specific groups. That being said, I don't know what any of the cards say. Um, you know, if it comes across where they're making fun of this person in the game, I think it definitely right. will have a different different message. But really, what this what intrigues me about this is the. Uh, group cooperation that is probably most definitely required to complete the game and and the many ways it can go wrong, which I think it, the humor would be more in the lack of communication or the struggle of communication with the players, not necessarily the person who has voices in their head. Right. So I think it could be very fun, but you know, I mean that also, you know, we have to wait and see. <laughs> I have uh, plenty of games in route for this year right now, so this isn't something that I'm going to run out and buy, know, right? <laughs> um, but it is something I'm going to keep my eye on. So cool. Anything else about Corey Kanetska's new game? Uh, um, fitting to his publishing title. So uh, very cool and interesting and unexpected. Gotcha. All right. So I'm going to flip flop my topics because that, that way I can judge a little better for the for this one, like how long ago. <laughs> so my topic number two is my first topic then. Uh, PlayStation hmm. has announced they're staying committed to VR um, yeah. and getting, giving us a bit more information about PSVR 2 at CES 2022. Um, so Sony had their announcement for or their presentation during CES, which covers obviously a whole bunch of things, including, hey, they talked about cars and all these other things that yeah. Sony as a company is doing. <laughs> uh, but there was a very brief four to five minutes that uh, placed it, that Jim Ryan was up there talking about PlayStation stuff. Um, and he really focused on, for the most part, PSVR 2 uh, during that time. A um, couple of just brief things to know is that PSVR 2 is um, for PS5 only. Um, there has not been any feedback or comments on backwards compatibility, which makes me think that if there is any, it is going to be limited. Yeah. Just because of the changes they're making to especially the controllers. Um, so, you know, the 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 idea of a PSVR 2, the sense controllers, like all of those things were revealed last year. Like we knew this was coming, uh, but this was really kind of the first like real coming out party of it. Um, they're saying it is going to be a true next, genera- next generation um, experience with 4K HDR OLED displays, 110 degree field of view. Uh, resolutions of 2000 by 2040 for each eye with rates frame rates up to 120 hertz um, inside out tracking um, which is going to happen uh, the uh, headset itself is going to have like haptic feedback in it and all those other things um, as well as the sense controllers then are going to incorporate a lot of the things that we see in the dual sense controllers with the adaptive triggers and all that good stuff um, and you know their big thing too also they're pushing point pushing towards is just one cord to plug in that's it so it's not totally wireless but it is a one cord plug-in compared to the mountain of cords that the original psvr is yeah um, and then they also went on to reveal their first big game uh horizon call of the mountain um, being de- developed by gorilla along with the recently acquired fire sprite games uh designed specifically for psvr 2 um there have been a lot of rumors that there were going to be these hybrid game experiences which maybe those will still come to pass um, but right now they're saying this is a PSVR 2 game. Um, and we got a very, very short 15 seconds of gameplay. Yeah. Um, so a very, very brief look. But after that, um, not or not long after that, um, a former Gorilla employee came out and said that, uh, you know, this game really might change AAA VR, you know, what we think of as AAA VR games moving forward. So sure. you know, at least a former employee is, is pretty confident in it. Uh, Josh, obviously you have a, a Meta Quest 2. Yeah. 
Um, what are your thoughts just on PlayStation, you know, obviously staying committed to VR, your thoughts yeah. on what you've seen about PSVR 2, uh, rumors all over the place, supposedly it's going into a full production soon, yeah. um, with, you know, a lot of people saying that it could release this holiday. Uh, but what are, which I believe is what I predicted just a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Josh, what are your thoughts on PSVR 2 and PlayStation's commitment to it? Uh, I mean, I'm glad they're committing to VR. Uh, obviously, like that was something that we worried about with PSVR itself, um, which I would say they stay pretty committed to it throughout the life of that. Um, I'm pretty jealous that there's a Horizon Zero Dawn game that's going to be a part of this. Uh, I don't... I like I like a lot of the changes they're making, save one, which is the big one, which is the no-go for me, is that cable. I mean, I just can't go back. After getting Quest 2 and seeing what it's like compared to the PSVR just from tethering alone, it's uh, such a game changer to be able to define your play space and not have to worry about that one or three or five <laughs> annoying cables. Um, and that's just a deal breaker for me. Like I, I get why that wouldn't be a deal breaker to a lot of people, especially people who have the space. Um, but my PS five is sitting six feet in the air. And what if I pull that cable and then I'm out a $600 console too, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I just don't have like space that would accommodate that to even move the console lower or anything like that. So, um, I I love that they're going to have uh, up to support up to 120 frames. That's incredible. I'm sure the games are going to look great, um, better than the Quest for sure, which is great for them. I'm going to have a lot of FOMO for this thing, but um, I you know with what they're probably going to charge for this and and it probably is justified. I just can't get over that. Like, how could they not? How can the Quest figure out no cable? And these guys can't like I'm and I, and again, I'm a layman talking about VR, which I know nothing about. It's just like, as a consumer, I'm like, why, why still cable? Why? And I'm sure it speaks to all of these technical aspects that it's achieving, that they still need that secure data going from one to one. I get that. I do. Um, but if you're going to charge a hundred dollars more than a quest two, I'm not going to, I'm like, and I'm just, speculating at the price based off of some of the specs they threw out at CES. I can't see this going any cheaper than $500. Yeah. I mean, it is obviously more powerful than the quest two is. And yeah. I, 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 I wonder, is, of, is it more powerful than what the steam one? The index? Is that what it is? Though? Yeah. The valve index. Yeah. Yeah. We don't uh, have to I look that up now. I'm just curious. Yeah. I, th- I, I think it is. That's a thousand dollars. It is or it's very similar. Yeah. I, I did see a comparison chart and it basically is like there with like mm. everything that is top of the line. Um, So it. So could this be $700? I mean, who knows? If the index is a thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to see. I, I do think the price is going to be really what makes and breaks it. And I agree. I, you know, the quest to having that wireless thing, I think is gonna be really hard for some people to go back. You know, in the Quest 2, and I think that maybe is where it might be a little different. I don't know that they couldn't figure it out. Right. I don't know. I think they made the decision that it wasn't worth it. Sure. Now, sure. I mean, that makes sense. You know, maybe you disagree, Maybe, but for them, they're like, hey, the fidelity of experiences we want to bring is only the only way we can do it in a potentially reasonable 
um, financial, like maybe to hit the price that they want to, the only way they could do it was by having the single tether cable. And I think for everyone that's going to be, you know, I, I agree. I think that is going to be a big drawback for some. I do think obviously it's way better than what they had previously. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. you know, so, so I think there are some good things there. And in the end, I really think it's going to come down to software. That is going to be the most important thing is that yeah. if they have the software to support it, uh, I, maybe that will help. And with the change in controllers, I think they actually have a legitimate chance of partnering with other studios that have been developing exclusives or content for you know the quest and things like that because these controllers actually are much much similar much more similar to those rather than trying to make things work with the dumb move controllers right Right, like they have things they can do here and i do think it's hard that you have you know three kind of players right now in the p the play the vr headspace and they all kind of have like their own exclusives which is weird but even like the quest has like resident evil 4 is only on quest 2 not quest like you know so like even within the headsets you know you you start to see that happen um which is really you know like the thing that a lot of people are like hey we thought we were past this but like i said you know they haven't talked about you know backwards compatibility with this in the initial psvr i i genuinely think what's going to happen is some games are going to work but a lot aren't and it's just because of the controllers like I, i really truly believe since they are going to inside out tracking without needing a camera and like all of those things, I, I really think that's going to be the problem that they're going to run into that, you know, developers will have to patch their games in order for them to work. I don't think most of them are just going to work. Uh, and that's just the nature of the technology. Um, hopefully there's ways that they can streamline that. Hopefully there are ways that they support developers in, in making that happen. But I really do appreciate the fact that they're still trying to do something different. Um, now, Agreed. Do I wish maybe that this energy was put into a handheld? Maybe I do. Maybe that's what I'd prefer <laughs> is a new Vita instead. Sure. But I know, but there's, no, I, I really don't think there's any way they could support a handheld, their console and VR. Mm-hmm. Like the, I, they just don't have the resources to do that. They don't have the studios to do that. So if this yeah, it's is like its own console. It's like, a, yeah. it's like a separate console. Yeah, exactly. So if this is the direction they're going to go. Um, I just hope it's good. I'm really interested to see what the price is. Kind of like you said, that for me is going to be the make or break. Uh, initially, I'm very interested in this, but it's really, really going to come down to price. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But glad they're still doing something different. Glad they're still pushing, um, you know, gaming in, in some direction here and, and not just doing, you know, more of the same. Uh, when people always talk about PlayStation, like being safe. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, look at this thing. Like, is this really safe? Right. I don't think that VR is safe, but maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? But. Cool. Well, like I said, we'll we'll stay up to date on kind of what everything is PlayStation is doing with VR, um, and I, I have to anticipate, especially if this truly is shipping this holiday, uh, that I think we'll hear more about this sooner rather than later. So, uh, Josh, what's your second topic? Okay. Well, if you're a Stonemaier champion like Kyle and I are, you're still a Stonemaier champion. I am. Um, Stonemaier Games, who you might know from Scythe or charterstone or viticulture or probably we'll know it from wingspan at this point um they jamie stegmeyer sent out his annual like hey thanks for resubscribing another year to the stonemeyer champions which is basically a, a program where you can get free shipping and usually first dibs on pre-orders for new games coming out um uh in his in his yearly update he does more than that but just at the top of the year update um jamie teased a bunch of new projects uh for this year and i thought i would just 
list them off and see if we can guess what these clues are leading to. It should be pretty quick and yeah. uh, relatively harmless, uh, but maybe difficult. So our first, our first clue is an old game in a new world and a new game in an old world. So they have previously released a Between Two Cities, which was a game that Stonemaier Games made, collaboration with, I think it was Castles of Mad King Ludwig, right? So it was like Between the Two Cities of the yeah, so, Mad well, King the, or something like that. Because <laughs> Between Two Cities is the, the game, and then there's the Castles of Mad King Ludwig, yeah, the game. and then they released, Games. Yeah, and then they released Between Two Castles of Mad King oh, Ludwig. That, yeah, that's what it was. So we have seen that. So that doesn't necessarily just rule. This doesn't necessarily only include Stonemaier Games, but um, I'm trying to think, at least for me, I think an old game in a new world, it has to be a new scythe, right? For, you said, the old game. Old game in a new world. See, I think a new game, I think Scythe is the new game in an old world. In the old world. They're going to use the Scythe world and create something new. Okay, interesting. Because... And the reason I say that is that Scythe as a game like yeah. was created from the art that existed previously. Right, so that's why right, I think right, it's right. easier to pull a new game into that world. Okay. So that's okay. what I think is Scythe is there's going to be a new game in the Scythe world. And then for the old game in a new world, I think they're like I know like I'm limited in the people who love this. I would love to see a new take on Charterstone in a new world. So another oh, like okay. legacy style game. Um, especially with how Charterstone was, if you were creating like your own villages and stuff, like doing that in a new place. That's what that's what I would like them to be, but who knows? Okay. Cool, cool. I don't disagree with that. That makes sense. Okay, an expansion and a game that breaks a 10-year-old Stonemeyer rule. Now, I feel like he Jamie mentioned that rule when he was on our show. He did, but I can't remember for the life I of me. I can't remember what it was. I wonder if I Google Stonemeyer <laughs> Games rule. No, I, that's not going to work. Um, ten year old rule. That's almost like cheating now. I'm not going to be able to find it with that search. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. So, so what do you? Th- what could it be? be? What could it be? Well, and I, I mean. Hmm. Never, no. <laughs> no well, I think the game we're not going to be able to really guess, right? Because it sounds like it's a brand new game. So right. I, I don't, I don't know that we're going to be able to figure oh. out what the game was. This rule in relation to Red Rising was it like not to work on an IP? It was something about like, it was something like related to that, and not so much that to work on an IP, but it was something about like knowing when you aren't the expert in i don't remember exactly what it was but he had to bring someone else into he's like i I can't do this until i find a concept that works and none of my concepts work so should we guess the expansion is to red rising at least i because we haven't gotten expansion to red rising and stonemaier games does one thing very well and that is get an expansion out within a year of the first game coming out yeah i think an expansion to red rising is definitely reasonable I have to imagine that hmm, there's got to be another expansion for Wingspan coming, though, too, right? 
Yeah, there has to be. So I, I feel like, okay, I don't know, but I feel like that's true. All right. So we won't be able to figure out this 10 year old rule, but we sh- maybe I'll go back and listen to that episode and see if I yeah. can figure out what it was. Um, a new way to store and organize a popular game. So that is not a surprise. Yeah, that's Wingspan. We know sure. Wingspan Big Box is coming. Correct. Yep. They've been testing that. Uh, if you're a Stonemaier champion, you see some photos. I'm very excited. And I think that's when I'm going to pull the trigger on the expansions because I don't have either expansion. So I think once they reveal the big box, I'm going to get the Oceana and... Yeah. Uh, I have European, other European. European birds, yeah. Yeah. So... Okay. Um, special edition reprints of one or two games, neither of which negate or replace previous versions in any way. So, Viticulture? I feel like it's got to be Viticulture. There's like the Tuscany version, so there must be like a different version of it. Yeah, or it could just be a fancy version of Viticulture. Yeah, that could be true too. I, I would say a fancy version of Scythe, but Scythe already is kind of fancy to some people. But I, I think it's got to yeah. be one of those two because, and, and this isn't meant as a knock, like I don't think that Euphoria is a game that enough people, or even Between Two Cities at this point, is a game that people are like tripping yeah. over themselves for a new version of. But Viticulture and Scythe are still games that uh, I think are, are still regularly played and, and much loved and adored. So I think it has to be one or both of those games. But maybe I'm totally wrong. Okay. Well, I think we can get one of these right here. An expansion and a game in a major untapped genre for us. Now, I think we specifically talked to Jamie about the latter of this question of this topic. Okay, so what's the answer then? An open world board game. He specifically wanted to our opinion on how to make an open world video game into a board game and how that would work. He specifically mentioned World of Warcraft um, when he was talking about his influences. I don't know that we gave him much to work with. Right. But I really think that he's been working on this open world board game for a long time. Do you, When you say open world board game, though, are you just more meaning like in the context of a board game, like a dungeon crawler? Oh, I don't know. I'm only using his words when I use that because he yeah. described it as an open world board game. Because he just says a game. I guess it doesn't say a major untapped genre, like board game genre. So I guess it could be a video right. game genre, theoretically. And I don't know what the expansion would be, uh, but we just, I, th- I, well, I, think I really, we, but I think we kind of hit it, right? We both, we said one for Red Rising and one for, oh yeah, the, for, um, Wingspan. Wingspan. Okay. So we got those both covered. Uh, two surprise product lines that we haven't hinted at anywhere. Now it says product lines, which makes me think not board games. So maybe, uh, storage solutions for previous games. Yeah. I think so. I think it like is game trays. Yeah, because they've done bits and things like that before. Um, maybe they're going to go into drinkware for all of their games. I don't know, but yeah, because they do have that for viticulture. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think store, some sort of storage solution makes sense. Okay, and finally, more Rolling Realms promos connected to some amazing non-Stonemaier games. And I think that's great. I think that's really cool to include um, other industry like uh other people in the industry to get their games promoted in your surprise and you lose my camera some surprise uh um a surprise board game that came out of the pandemic for him why does my camera cut out like that it's so weird it is so weird can you unmute your camera oh is the camera muted yeah it looks like it 
Look at all this behind the scenes stuff people um, are hearing. Can you at least hear me? <laughs> no, I can hear you just fine. That's fine. We'll keep rolling. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think overall, like, are you excited about, like, how much of this are you excited about? How much of this are you indifferent about? Like, where are you as far as all of these Stonemeyer products go? And Josh, yes, I can see you. I know, but it keeps freezing when I don't go to reach towards the camera. I don't know what is happening. What a day. What was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> How excited are you? About this something like this seems like a lot of product for Stonemeyer. Yeah. It seems more than they typically do in a year. Um, are you pretty excited about these things? Are you kind of indifferent? Like, is there any of these that, even though we don't know exactly what they are, are there any that are most intriguing to you? I like the tease because usually when, if you're in the champions, you always get to see like a roadmap of what, Games are being worked on, but everything that Jamie has listed, it's always like code name clay, code name sand. So I'm always looking at this chart and it shows you like how far in production they are or how close they are to completion. And I just, I kind of just stopped looking at it because I'm like, this, none of this means anything to me. Um, so at least having some like text and some clues about what's happening, um, it makes me a little bit more excited. But I always know that they're going to put out three to five things in a given year which is good for uh independently run board game studio maybe right. hasn't been able to buy them maybe we missed that whole prediction and it's stone <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i'm excited it's nice to see them put so much effort and so much passion into the games um you know even though he's caught some flack in the past for people not being happy with however he's running his operation ultimately it's his operation to run and and that's what he's doing so i respect him for that too and he's very transparent which i like yeah, how about no, you are you excited for any of these potential things well i'm always down for more um wingspan because i still love wingspan i know some people have been like i feel like there's starting to be this group of people who are suddenly like too cool for wingspan that they're like oh it was never that good because it and, includes people, and people don't like that. They're like, "Oh, well, a new audience for board games? Uh, just leave it to me." <laughs> well, it's just like the you know, when I was I was driving a lot this weekend and had you know multiple like four hour drives to do, and um, I was listening to some XM and Nickelback came on. Oh no! <laughs> and, <laughs> that's a perfect example, Josh, <laughs> of like you know, for a band that seemingly no one likes. <laughs> they have sold a lot of albums yeah. and have sold out a lot of concerts. In but Canada. darn if I can find anyone who says they like them. Hey, you, you gotta know? go to Canada to find the people <laughs> who like Nickelback. So I just find that, you know, and I kind of feel like in some ways that Wingspan is starting to become that where suddenly people are like, well, I never liked it. It's like, really? Yeah. Because you you probably bought it like a million other people did. <laughs> Literally a million. Yeah. So I just, uh, I don't get it. But what are you going to do? So, but no, I'm, yeah. So for me, really, it's definitely the expansions. I would also really love an expansion to Red Rising. Um, and if he is doing an open world game, I'd be very curious to see um, what that is. Uh, I have for Wingspan, I have the European expansion, but I don't have the Oceania expansion. Yeah. Um, so that would be the one I would need to pick up here. But I'm probably just going to do that when I get the big box, because like you said, it, it all don't fit in anything. So, yeah. but cool. All right, Josh, ready for my final topic? Yeah, I love this topic. Okay. Well, that's it. You know, bring it back one of our favorites. Time <laughs> to answer the board game subreddit's most burning questions 
So I have dove in and, and taken a look at the subreddit, and I have a whole bunch of questions here. Um, we'll see how many we get through. But we'll we'll kind of answer some of the questions, and, you know, I will uh, – <laughs> anytime I can give credit to the person who posted it, uh, <laughs> I will because we're a clean show, so I can't always do that. Uh, but you can definitely go find it if I am not able to do it. Um, okay, Josh, so the first question uh, from user Rowdy Wrongdoer. That's Would you right rather... on the line, Kyle. <laughs> that, one, that one's fine. Would you rather play many games just a few times or a few games many times? Oh, the ultimate question. <laughs> I know, right? I'm surrounded by board games. Uh, I don't know that I have a good answer for this. Ideally, I would love to play a new board game every time I play board games. But... Um, uh, that's not practical. And I also love a lot of board games that I, I love replaying them, but that's the whole push and pull, right? I want to play Quacks and Quedlinburg 15 times in a row, but I also have a hundred games that I haven't played. So do I play Quacks again or do I try to learn the rules for fill in the blank? <laughs> um, Real quick, did you see that article on Dicebreaker that if Quacks of Quedlinburg had a better name, yes. it could be the next Blockbuster board game? It's like I don't the know perfect that I disagree with title. that. That's like the perfect headline. Yeah. yeah. I 100% I agree. So. Yeah. How about you? What do you What do you think about that question? Well, did you really answer the question, Josh? Did I? What was your question to me about the question? <laughs> no, but like, you know, would you, what want, would you rather do? I don't want to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I had to pick... Oof. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would I would be perfectly content playing Betrayal at House on the Hill for the rest of my life. <laughs> I would. Um or Catan or or I pick any like or villainous. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of games that I could see that being the case. But I abstain from choosing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really like learning new games and finding out like what people are doing. I, I do think that I tend to play – I'm a little different than most people in that when I play a game for the first time, I almost never play a game, put it back in the box, and never touch it again. Typically, yeah. we play that game one, two, three, four, five times in a row and really get a sense for how we feel about it. Because the first play for most games doesn't really count, right? Like yeah. you're figuring out what you're doing. You're kind of like maybe by halfway through the game, you're like, oh, now I understand how to do this. So for me, you know, if it, as someone who has way too many more board games than I want to have, uh, I would rather play a few games many times. But I also recognize that that's like what I want to do because I think it'd be like the hip, cool thing to do. Of being like, <laughs> no, I have a nice, tidy collection of thirty games that I play all the time. Yeah, and I feel like that's actually where like the industry, like the hobby, is 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 turning towards. It's yeah. starting to like be like hipster about having a big collection it's people are to be like, like i need to get my collection down to 50 games and right, i'm gonna right. start doing it now <laughs> which is fine if that's what you want to do go for it right like, but right. do it because that's what you want to do not because you feel like it's the thing you have to do unless maybe you do it for space or you need the money or whatever else it might be that's fine uh, but yeah i i would prefer to play a few games many times just because i like to explore all aspects of them but I just love learning new games too. So I'm realistic in knowing that um, I'm going to be playing a lot of games a few times more than likely. So, all right, Josh, next question um, from user. Hola, it's Ed. What game, what's a game you absolutely love, but have a really hard time pitching it to new players? Oh, 
That's a good question. I know, isn't it? You know what? Um, um, I would say Shadows Over Camelot. Ooh, okay. I think it's a little too much for new players, at least in the settings I've tried to pitch it. In fact, there's even been a, there was even a time on Tabletop Day where we tried playing it and we just had to stop playing it because they, at least more than half of the people were not engaged at a certain point. I think it's an uh, an incredible game, but I I do think there's a lot going on, and it can be overwhelming to a lot of players, and especially when you're kind of if you get the player count, you have to deal with the trader, yep, which is also a daunting thing. Um, so I think I would say I would say that is probably at least the one I've ha- met with a lot of more resistance than any other game I've tried to play, but a game I do love. Um, for me, the answer is probably, there's two answers to this. Uh, the first one being a game that I love, but I think that from a timeline perspective has passed its by a little bit as far as theming goes. And that's my favorite game, Data Winner. Like nobody, mm. for yeah. the most part, people are not super interested in playing zombie games right now. Yep. And that's fine. And I totally understand that. And especially once you start to explain what the game is, how you play the game. Apparently the fact that you can be a dog who holds a knife isn't cool to people anymore. Whatever. You can be a monkey. Um, like that's fine so that one is i think one that is harder today than definitely than when the game came out um you know in the midst of walking dead and all that good stuff the other game then and this is just a complicated game in and of itself but even just conceptually the game i think is hard to pitch to players um and when you say new players you could think of new to the game or new to the hobby either way for me is root because yeah oh yeah there's like really no good way to be like, okay, here's what I'm going to do, but you are not going to do any of what I am doing. And unless you know how to play all of the other roles, it's a really challenging game to teach. So then trying to tell someone like, Hey, we're going to play this game. And like, we kind of have the same, a little bit, the same sequence of what we go through, but what we do in those sequences is completely different. I think for most people, it's like, well, if I don't have anyone to teach this or anyone to kind of hold my hand through this or be able to answer questions for me, like, I don't know if I want to get into this because then genuinely it makes that first playthrough like really not matter because you're like, well, yeah. no, you might want to try this or look at, you know, like it really takes a lot of ownership out of that playthrough when people because a lot of people just aren't confident enough to be like, no, I'm just going to go for it, you know? Um, right. So, yeah. So for me, it's probably those two. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, Josh, this one might be hard um, for you because it's going to ask you to look at BGG. Um, so just think about it. You don't have to actually go look it up if you don't want to. Um, this one is from user alexrescue.com. Yeah. What is the lowest ranking game on BGG that you own that you play at least once a year? They changed their page, huh? Uh, how do I find the lowest ranking? Where's the rankings part? Geeklust? No. Well, and that's the thing is I don't even know how to get exactly just straight to the list because I just look for games that I think are going to be low ranking and then it tells me what their, link, their rank is. Let's see if a Google search will get me there. Here we go. <laughs> uh, lowest ranked games by category. Oh, that's not going to be it. Well, you know what? I can probably tell you what it is. It's Monopoly. <laughs> What was the rest of your question? The lowest rate, rate game on BGG that I do what with? That you play at least once a year. Oh, I don't play Monopoly once a year. <laughs> yeah, and that's for nobody stuff. will nobody will play with play me. Play with you, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. 
Oh, there's a Pac-Man board game. That's interesting. I guess if I had to guess, because I, I don't want to just waste people's time by going through all of these games, but man, there's some interesting ones on here, huh? Kyle, I don't even know that there's necessarily a game I play at least once a year. Right. That I would consider low ranked. So let me think of a game that I play at least once a year. This I, should saying, be I, can, tell, I can tell you mine. I, like, yeah, I have to check one other game here. Oh, this is it. Uh, for me, it'd be Phase 10. Oh, yeah. You play Phase 10 still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, not by my choice. Uh, but it is ranked number 21,803. 21,803. That's yeah, pretty so low. That is pretty low. Um, and it, like phase 10, Skippo, Uno, Monopoly, like are all in that ballpark. Yeah. Um, did I spell it right? No, I didn't. I think I may have it. I think I may have it. Very exciting podcasting going on here. It's not even listed. Does that mean that's good, right? That means I definitely <laughs> have the lowest played game. What game is that you're looking for? Disney's Family Feud. Oh, wow. Is it The Family Feud? No. I, Do you uh, really play that at least once a year? We, I mean, we play it at Christmas. When my parents bought it, they like to play it. I would, that's probably the closest, and it's probably an average of once a year. Uh, maybe the Game of Things. There we go. Uh, where's the ranking here? 4,173. So I don't even come close to you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that's a good game, actually. Um, I don't know that I can think of a bad game. that That's just tempting because, I mean, it's not tempting. That's just... I, I don't know how like the easiest way to look up. I think my biggest problem, Kyle, is that I don't play a game specifically every year. It's just kind of like, what are we playing if we can play something this week? Right. Well, I thought Millborn would be my highest one because that's one that my in-laws play want to play all the time. Uh, but Millborn's actually like ranked like number, I think like seven thousand or something, which I okay. was actually shocked by. I was way higher than I thought it was going to be. Um. Maybe you know, maybe I need to it. get my collection down to 50 games so I can maybe at least play, play a game every year. <laughs> the same <Yeah>. game. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. thought that might one might one be a little tough. So, you know, there we go. No no harm, no fall there. We'll keep going here. Um, Josh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to just decide, like, oh, my gosh. Uh, this, that's a bad one for a, one of the ones I was going to say was looking for tips to play board games more often and I was like oh boy that's probably not us uh, be mind. single <laughs> <laughs> quit your <Okay>. job <laughs> Josh what's a game uh, this is I have no idea how to say this username so I'm just not going to try Um, what's a game worth every penny and why oh uh, this is easy Century, any Century game but Century Golem Edition you get so much value for how little it costs. It beats out every game value-wise, I really think. like, um, Obviously, I'm biased, right? Because it's one of yeah. my favorite games of all time. Uh, right. Even Gloomhaven, worth the money if you like the game and put in the time. Uh, you get way more of your dollar out of Gloomhaven, even with a price five times as high as Century Golem Edition. Um two easy easy ones for me 
But I don't know that uh, all the games that we both talk passionately about, mm-hmm. I think that any of the games you could insert that we talk about into the value. I mean, there's also a lot of games we could insert that are like way overpriced or are priced moderately and the games are terrible. But I think um, that's the question. The the real question there is what is what do people consider the value? Yeah. Like, you know, that like, is it production quality? Is it I just watched a Dice Tower covering Foundations of Rome. <laughs> I watched that too. Wasn't it? And great? they couldn't stop talking about how overproduced it was. it was. And I was like, guys, you got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even got the game in my hands yet. And you're telling me how overproduced it is. So th- that also comes into effect too. Do you have a game that you would think would fit this question? Well, for me, this is an extremely like personal pick. Um, yeah. I-, I do think that the Century games are an excellent, excellent pick in that. For me, and it's actually a game we just talked about recently. Uh, it's a DC deck building game because mm. for the price I paid for that game, it probably is one of the most played games over time in my entire collection Yeah, because it's something that I've played with many groups of people over many, many years. Um, and it is honestly, the game's in rough shape. It is beat up. It has been like the cards are like not in great shape anymore. I actually went through the effort of sleeving everything for it just because things were getting so like manhandled from being played so much. So from that perspective, that game has been worth every penny because it has just been played so dang much and by so many people. Um, and again, I, it's a controversial game. Some people really hate it. Um, but for me, that's a game that's definitely been worth every penny. But I would agree that that Century Answer is really, really good as well. So, um, Josh, this is from uh, user Thin Ezzy. Hmm. Unique Mechanics you're surprised haven't been copied more. Uh, unique mechanics that I am surprised haven't been copied more. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to, this is probably a controversial answer because you could argue it has been copied a lot, but I think it was only copied once by a specific group. A game that I think about a lot that I'll never get out of my collection is a game called Quarriers. Are you familiar mm, yeah. with Quarriers? Yeah. It's been copied once by Dice Masters, but that's it. Um, now, I'll give you there's a ton of Dice Masters, but they seem to have abandoned that uh, as in the past, what, three years or so? Dice Masters is pretty much gone. Um, but Quarriers was this game, is this game, where uh, it's part deck building, part dice rolling, and you're trying to to use these custom dice per these these characters that you're um, recruiting. I guess I w- you would say to battle against other people, and and I don't know even that even dice masters didn't quite copy it. They just took it and made it their own thing. Uh, but I I don't know that I've ever played a game that hits as good as Quarriers does. Because even Dice Masters changed the format to that game where it doesn't play the same. Because I feel like at Dice Masters, you feel like you have to keep buying packs to get a whole game. And Couriers, you just buy the box game, the Couriers game, and you would have the full game. And and it was very playable. So I think um, a game similar to that where you like you buy the game, you get the game all in one. And it's using these custom dice per these creatures or characters because they weren't all creatures. Some of them were humanoids or humans. 
Um, I don't think that I've seen that besides the attempt with Ice Masters. That's a good pick. That's a really good pick. Uh, for me, I think this is hasn't been copied a ton. It might even be like copyrighted in some way, <laughs> which is why it hasn't been uh, copied. But also, I think from a production standpoint, it's probably just hard. And that's the card crafting system from Mystic Veil. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. There obviously are other games um, from Custom Heroes. AEG. Yeah. Yeah. There are other games from AEG that use this system. But that's it. So I have a feeling they must have some sort of ownership of of that mechanism, yeah, um, or at least the production. Oh, that Edge of Darkness, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, but for me, that is just such a cool way to do a deck builder um, that I absolutely love. Um, another mechanic, though, that I wish it was used more in games uh, is just the I split, you choose mechanic. Yeah. Like yes. I love it's like get some resources. It's just like, you know, cut. you got to cut the piece of pie and you want to make sure that you get the right size. It's like, well, I'll cut it and then you get to pick, right? Yeah. Like, I just, I really, really like that in games of like, okay, how can I try to do this in a way that's beneficial to me, but not so overtly beneficial that they're just going to take the thing I want, um, you know? So that for me is one that I, w- I would love to see used more in general. All right, Josh, we have time for a couple. Well, sure. one more. We'll do one more. I just looked at the time. Okay. <laughs> Josh, games that make you feel clever or dumb? Uh, Codenames. It's probably an okay. easy, easy answer. Um, because you just you have to you you have to look at who you're playing with and realize are they are they on the same page as me? <laughs> oh no, they're not. Oh, okay. They're not at all. They're not even close. Um, that, that makes me feel both at the same time. Sometimes I'm trying to think that was like easy came right to my, right to my mind. Um, there's so many though, Kyle, like I often feel dumb (laughs) or clever when playing board games. In fact, those are probably the only the two emotions I do feel. (laughs) Uh, Catan is, is certainly one, uh, Monopoly for me has always been, uh, one of those like foundational games that make me feel that way. Um, like when you roll your die and you land on someone's property, but they don't notice. And then you just coyly pass the dice to the person to your left and hope the person whose property you're on didn't notice. And then the second the person to your left rolls, you go, ah, you didn't see I'm on your spot. And then it gets into a fight. Uh, <laughs> so that's probably both also. Um, but I don't know that I like, besides like those examples, I don't know that I particularly feel clever or dumb immediately in a moment. Like sometimes it hits later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like right away, at least instant, like feeling code names really hits real hard when I'm like star two and someone's like, Oh, easy <laughs> space. And I'm like, Oh Shit. Oh shoot! That's a spy. <laughs> I didn't mean. I didn't even see that on there. So I, that's an instant uh, feeling. What about you? Uh, so really quick, uh, did you hear? And this was actually back in December, I think, that they announced that um, as a day is boosted, raising their prices again. Yes, I did see that. Yeah. So Catan's going to be sixty bucks. Oh, I'm glad I already own it. <laughs> Goodness gracious, that's a lot of money. But anyway, <laughs> that's too that's much. Just- I mean, yeah, it's six, not too much. It's not too much if it's too much for me because I already own it. But 
for yeah. people who have never played it, the value's there. Yeah, uh, oh, for but, sure, I mean, but... it's it's a forty dollar game. Yeah, like, let's both, be, Cat- let's yeah be real. both Catan and Ticket to Ride will each be sixty dollars games. Starting uh, those are both for yeah, that's tough. Those yeah. are both forty dollars so, games. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so for me, games that make me feel uh, dumb, this is gonna probably this is probably gonna sound egotistical, and I don't mean it to. I often, never feel dumb. <laughs> no, I I totally feel dumb in games. I feel dumb in games often, but it's not. I don't think in games that most people would typically expect me to feel dumb in. Sure, like big year, like really complicated, crunchy euros. Like I usually don't feel dumb in those games. Yeah, the games I feel dumb in are and Formula D is a perfect example of this. Is games that are supposed to be simple that I'm just bad at. Yeah, and Formula D is a perfect example. I don't know why I'm so bad at rolling dice, Josh. I just feel <laughs> dumb. Like literally, like when I'm playing with people, they look at me and I'm like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't know. I have no idea what's going on here. I don't know why I'm so bad at this, and I just feel stupid." It's like, "Why can't you roll the dice better?" I don't know. Apparently, you get all like the randomness is for all of us as a group, and you all get the good rolls, and I get all the bad rolls, and that's just the way this goes. So I I feel legitimately dumb when I play like really intensive dice rolling games because like I I don't know what it is. I just can't do it. <laughs> And it's not like I can't roll the dice. I can roll the dice. They're just always bad. You got to bring um, your own dice. There's a I, large group of people, some people I know, that really believe that you need 100 dice in, to find the <laughs> ones that are good for you. You got to roll them yeah. off. Um, and then the times I feel smart, honestly, not that often. But I will say that when I feel comfortable in a game, almost immediately it's going to be like a deck building game anytime there's a deck building game yeah. i don't i don't want to say that i feel smart but i usually understand the game much more quickly know what i need to do can focus on and like get into strategy far far quicker than i can in any other game type so i just feel much more at home at those so as a result i feel like i'm actually playing the game much much sooner the first time i learn it and i kind of feel like i understand much better what's going on with it yeah. so for me um, that's when I feel smart, I guess, playing games is when I'm playing deck builders in general. So, all right. Well, we're going to call it there, uh, looking at time and how long we've been recording. So, obviously, we love uh, going through some of those burning questions uh, in the board game Discord. Um, and yeah. that will obviously be a, uh, another, that'll be something we revisit, I'm sure, in the very near future mm. again. Well, obviously, it's time for some predictions. Typically, we record on Sundays, but now it's Monday. Um, and you're, <laughs> this is going to record release right away tomorrow morning. Um, so... Uh, really no reason to do a prediction, but we're going to do one anyway. So, Josh, instead of what do you think is going to be revealed by the time this releases Tuesday, yes. what news do you think is going to happen over the course of this week before we record this coming Sunday? Oh, um, what do I want to guess? That Pokemon Arceus game gets delayed two weeks. Wow. I think it's out pretty quick here, too. End of the month, right? 28th? End of the month, yeah. Yeah, I think they pushed it out two weeks. Okay. Right at Horizon time. Right, perfect. <laughs> They're like, we don't we don't have Breath of the Wild 2 ready Nintendo yet. Nintendo has so to we'll... compete in February. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, uh, so that's pretty on top of mind. I think something uh, that has been announced, probably a February game, Dying is Light getting too. put. Yeah, something's getting pushed. Something from February is getting pushed. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I don't think it's gonna be Horizon. It better I, I not think be. Dying, I feel like they said Dying Light Two went gold already, which I know used to kind of mean that was gonna be a push, but then okay. Cyberpunk. I think so. 
Um, so I yeah, mean, I yeah, some, a broken game can go gold. <laughs> I know, exactly. So yeah, so I think something from February is getting delayed, um, and we're going to hear about it here pretty soon. So with that, then we're going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that is helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners? Well, I was going to recommend Encanto, which is very good. Um, yeah, but I'm going to recommend the uh, It's Always Sunny podcast because I didn't know it was a thing. I love the show. I'm not caught up in the like past three seasons for whatever reason. But um, I was like scanning my podcast feed and saw that um, Glenn Howerton, Charlie Day, and Rob McElhenney are doing uh, their own podcast where they're not doing like the watch along like Scrubs did with um, Zach Braff and Donald Faison. Like, but they do each episode is based off of an episode from this show and they start off with the first episode of the first season. Um, and then they kind of really just talk about what it was like to be making this show and how they had no idea what they were doing. Um, and it's very inside Hollywood, but it's very interesting. And you can really hear how close of friends they are. It's it's very unique. Like, it's not fabricated. It's just very um, organic. And they talk like they've been friends forever, which they have been. Um, and there's a lot of interesting stories that come out about like how this actually started happening and how did they actually originally meet each other because they didn't know each other um, before doing the show necessarily. Like they all met on auditions, um, like in passing and stuff. So there's a lot of funny like Hollywood stories in there. And and um, I don't know if people have watched it. So I was sending you Philadelphia, but. That wasn't even always the title for the show. And Dan, Danny DeVito wasn't even in the first two seasons. So there's a lot of stuff they talk about that like people might forget. Um, or the fact that like two of them are married to two of the females from the show. People don't realize that either. Um, I just really find it very fascinating and interesting. So if you like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, definitely check out the podcast. It's very good. Awesome. So Josh... For my recommendation, I have to ask, and forgive me if you've already recommended this. Did you watch The Witcher Season 2? No, I haven't watched The Witcher Season 1. You haven't watched The Witcher at all? I watched the first episode, and I I, I didn't love it. So I was like, oh, I should probably give this another shot at a different point in my life. <laughs> okay, that's understandable. All right, Josh. So here's what I find perplexing about The Witcher. The Witcher Season 1 on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics rating is 68%. And yeah. The audience score is 91%. That tracks. For season two, Josh, the critic rating is 94%. The oh. audience score is 61%. <laughs> well, here's the problem with that, I would say. It's uh-huh. it revolves around the game. So I have to assume all of those reviews are toxic. <laughs> I would say it's based on the books. It's not based on the games. It is based on you, the books. Right, but you know what I meant. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. A lot of a lot of Gamergate people probably have a reason to be mad at Henry Cavill, probably because he's better at building a computer than they are, or he's more handsome, or he's also Superman, or he's not Army Hammer, and people think he's Army Hammer and that he wants to eat people, which isn't true. 
I can and, only imagine the reasons for people being mad at it. <laughs> yeah. So let me say, I have two episodes left in the season two. Yeah. But so far, I'm really enjoying it. And I have read some of the criticisms from the fans, and I don't understand them. I just don't get what the <laughs> criticism is. Now, maybe this is a case where because I am not engrossed in the Witcher lore, I have not read the books, I have played the third game for a very brief amount of time, and that's it. Yeah. Maybe I'm able to overlook all of the things that others who are engrossed in the lore can't overlook. I feel that way often with like Star Wars, where like I can sit down and watch a Star Wars movie and be like, that was great, because sure. I have no context for what happens in the greater role, like world, right? And your enjoyment shouldn't have to revolve around being 100% invested in a franchise. Exactly. So like for me, I think it's great. I think it's, the first season is... Um, I actually rewatched the first season before we watched the second season because my partner and I watched the first season together. So we rewatched the first season like the week before season two came out. Yeah. And way easier to follow the second time that you watch it because you kind of know everything that's going to happen and just provides a th- so much more context. But season two was like much more straightforward. Like it's not all these other things that happen in season one that are going on. Like none of that's really happening in season two. It's a much more straightforward like let's here's the story we're telling come along with us for this journey and i'm really enjoying it like i said i got two couple episodes left so maybe this will completely fall off the tracks uh but you know if you're looking for some high fantasy slash them up with swords kill some monsters show the witcher is pretty great so i recommend checking it out did i did i mention did i recommend yellow jackets in the past i don't think i did yellow jackets on showtime but there's a free episode on pluto tv maybe i did recommend it that sounds um, familiar maybe you did female soccer team plane crash oh i think so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. okay so maybe you know what, Josh? <laughs> this episode's coming out coming apart at the seams so let's just wrap this show up wow well, i hope you still have my recording um i still got bars down here everything i've got green dot over here everything looks good uh hopefully that's the case i think i can save it locally right yeah local backup still going all right we're wrapping it up right thanks wrapping for joining us everyone <laughs> in addition to finding us on twitter and instagram at board of fiji you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash board of fiji so feel free to give us a five star rating over there also if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media please feel free to email us at board of fiji at gmail.com we tag our stuff with hashtag board of fiji so please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all your social medias so we can see what you're up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all of the usual places twitter instagram playstation network xbox live board game geek all at psychocross c-y-c-o-c-r-o-s-s as always if you have suggestions for future topics be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about and remember everyone whether it be board games or video games never stop gaming